0: You're listening to the Sexual Wellness Sessions with Kate Moyle. So today on the Sexual Wellness Sessions, we are talking about asexuality and aromanticism and someone I've spoken to and interviewed about this before is Yasmin Benoit who is a model she's also an aromantic and asexual activist and she started the hashtag this is what asexual looks like and that is how I found her and I absolutely love this campaign because I think as we're going to go on to discuss there are so many assumptions about asexuality and asexual people and I think the hashtag shows that actually a lot of those assumptions aren't true. Um, Wouldn't you say, Jasmine?
1: Yes, definitely. And that's kind of why I wanted to start it, just to show the actual diversity of the community that you don't see represented anywhere else.
0: Mm. And you've had hundreds of thousands of people join
1: in. Yeah, um, I think it, w- it was trending on Twitter before I had actually joined Twitter. <laughs> so I was only vaguely aware of it at the time. And there's an Instagram page for it. And people, I see people all over the world using the hashtag all the time, which is great for me as well, because I, I get to see um, so many different faces in the community that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm. So that's pretty cool.
0: Mm, that's really cool. And I suppose asexuality is something that you and I have discussed before is quite kind of misunderstood or people don't necessarily know a lot about it Um, and I guess I would love to know what your definition or what your take on asexuality and aromanticism is and I know that you identify as both of those.
1: Uh, Well asexuality means experiencing a lack of sexual attraction and Uh, romanticism is kind of the same thing but for romantic attraction so don't experience romantic or sexual attraction um so yeah that's like the general definition
0: and people can be either or both it it kind of comes in different variations right they're they're different they're almost different entities
1: yeah they're different entities they overlap in like cases like mine but there are aromantic people who aren't asexual and asexual people who aren't aromantic and asexual people who are still romantically attracted to people of the same gender or different genders and aromantic people who are still sexually attracted to other people of any gender. So yeah, it's not exactly the same thing, but the communities kind of overlap Mm. in parts.
0: And I think that um, that kind of understanding of, an asexual person being someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction can be a really helpful way of opening up the conversation for people who might be struggling with that side of things or struggling with feeling that they can't understand their experiences as an individual or what's going on for them sexually and I think that actually people knowing that there is a community or in a space where they can share their experiences or talk to other people or read about other people's experiences can be quite just really helpful for understanding that you're not the only person that feels like that even though we know that the asexuality community is largely been quite hidden for quite a long time
1: yeah so if people are actually trying to find out about it the chances are they're only going to find out about it online because it's not something that they're going to teach you in school and it's not something your parents are going to tell you about and you'd be lucky if your friends know about it so finding resources and stuff online is kind of our only um opportunity to discover it
0: Mm. and would you say that um the kind of asexuality community then has completely grown or changed since the internet has become such a big part of our lives
1: yeah definitely I mean I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who's 24 so I don't really remember life without the internet (laughs) internet. (laughs) Um, but I've heard um from older asexual people that it was definitely a different story before the internet was a thing I mean AVEN with their forums started in 2001 so they've existed since Mm. I was five so I've never really known that not being a thing. So the community kind of had a chance to build up before I discovered it rather than me being part of its early inception. Um, I mean, I didn't really start using... um, social media to discover stuff about asexuality until like two years ago so I'm like Mm. I knew about it but I didn't like spend time on it as opposed to now where I'm like actively communicating with people all the time
0: and even for people that don't know is the asexuality visibility and education network and they have great resources and they have forums and you know the ability to kind of connect with other people and blogs and I think it's a really um useful resource for people to know about and a good place for people to actually go and get kind of informed or research-based information
1: yeah and not only for resources they get media requests sent for them I'm on their board of directors now so now I kind of see all the different kind of stuff that they do and they handle and I think they're probably most famous for their forums just because it's like one of the biggest asexual communities online and it's existed for so long Mm.
0: and I guess we were talking about or we started this conversation by talking about what some of the assumptions that people might have about kind of well, your hashtag, you know, what asexual looks like. And what do you think some of the assumptions or misconceptions or things that people don't understand or might not know about asexuality are?
1: Um, oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um big question. I mean, I know people they think that it's like a kind of a mental disorder or a physical disorder or it's A side effect of a personality problem or it's a side effect of trauma or you're just really unattractive and no one would want you anyway or you're too good for anybody or people think that it's the same as being celibate or an incel um and that it has to be like a religious decision or it's a social attitude like you're anti-sex for everybody so you don't do it yourself um yeah, I've heard a lot. Of things.
0: And celibacy being the choice to not be sexual in Incel is a um kind of community who describe themselves as involuntary celibates. Um, I think that a lot of the assumptions are based on the fact that people just don't really understand asexuality or it, it feels like it's I just are never represented, I suppose. I know that's why you said you made the hashtag, but I guess I wondered how how did you realize that this was how you were feeling whether this was a part of your identity
1: I mean I realized it when everyone else seemed to realize that they weren't asexual I feel like there's a phase where everyone's pretty much asexual and then puberty starts and then they're kind of not and then that's when I was kind of like okay we're we're doing this now am I supposed to be doing this um and I just wasn't really feeling it and it just didn't really start like I can say my sexuality Mm. has been very much
0: the same for like decades (laughs) decades <laughs> so you were just kind of like I don't understand like what everyone's talking about they're all talking about having this you know finding this all really interesting and really fun it just doesn't interest me at all
1: yeah and it was the same for a romantic attraction and sexual attraction I was like there's just this type of attraction starting and I just I'm just not feeling it and it doesn't seem that interesting I don't understand what all the fuss is about but I'm going to try and avoid this for whatever for as long as possible because it doesn't look <laughs> that great Um, so I literally went to an old girls school because I thought that if I did that, then people wouldn't be, like, obsessed with boys, which actually had the opposite Mm. effect, but (laughs) 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 that was my logic as an 11-year-old. That's what I thought would be helpful.
0: (laughs) See, even as young as 11, you just knew that it wasn't something that was for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew what I wasn't feeling and I knew I wasn't in a rush to feel it. So yeah, and then it just kind of consistently stayed the same. (laughs) Mm,
0: And I think that it's a really kind of tricky question, isn't it? Because it's like, um, I always think that it's when people say, well, how did you know when you were gay? People say, well, how did you know when you were straight? Or how did you know that you were straight? And it's sometimes just a feeling which is almost like indescribable. It's just a a knowing or a feeling or a knowing yourself or a self-awareness that we can have from a really young
1: age. Yeah. And I feel like with asexuality, sexuality, people always want to be like, oh, well, when you get older or you're too young to know that. And it's like, why can't people know they're straight when they're like toddlers, but you can't know you're like anything else without it being like a source of questioning about how old you are and whether it's a phase and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Like I knew what everybody else knew and it stayed consistent throughout. So I thought I might as well put a word on it because it's going to come up. And I'm going to have to talk about it.
0: And did you know, so did you kind of know what you were looking for when you first discovered the word asexuality? Or did it just really connect to you and how you were feeling? Or do you remember that you were kind of like seeking... an explanation for it or a name for it? I mean, I wasn't
1: really seeking anything at it. I was kind of just happy, like, doing my homework and minding my own business. It was other people that wanted me to figure it out. And so they were keeping like, hey, is it this? Is it that? What's wrong with you? Did this happen? Did that happen? And so I kind of had to question it, but I was actually quite content not Mm. doing that. Um and then someone said to me, Maybe you're like asexual or something. And then I Googled it and I was like, oh actually, they might be right for once. I think that's actually a word. And it was nice to realize that there is a word for it and that's an act that's actually a thing, but no one else knows that it's a thing. So it was half helpful and yeah
0: (laughs) that's interesting so even kind of as a younger person you felt like you were having to explain your sexuality and you know we describe asexuality as a sexual orientation but you were having to explain yourself to everybody
1: yeah I've been explaining myself to everybody since I was like 12 so (laughs) so yeah I mean that's kind of part of the experience I was and it's funny because people, I guess they'd look at me now and they think, oh, you talk about it all the time. You must place so much relevance on it. It's like, actually, I personally do not. <laughs> um, it's other people that place a lot of relevance on it. Like I was kind of just going through my life, not really mentioning it, focusing on other aspects of myself. There's other people that were like, yeah, but you're not attracted to anybody. So what's with that? It's like, well, actually, I was thinking about this Mm. issue. And they're like, yeah, but let's go back to this one because I feel like there's something wrong there. And people will bring it back to that. But I was personally not concerned about it until everybody else was.
0: (laughs) And I think that's really an interesting point for me as a, a therapist because I often talk to people I'm working with about how we have this, like, assumed sexuality. So we assume that people are sexual or having sexual relationships, or in a sexual relationship, and you know, a lot A lot of the people that I work with are struggling in their sex lives, and so aren't able to have a sexual relationship of any kind, and it's the idea that everybody's having sex apart from them, and I suppose that concept does kind of apply to asexuality in some way, because everyone else is saying to you, you, you just said this phrase, it's not how I feel, but um, you know, like, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you want to have sex why aren't you attracted to people and I suppose it's that assumption that there is something wrong and I know you'd said to me before this idea is like like I don't need fixing like nobody needs to fix me but it's just that it goes up against that kind of standard assumption but also where does that assumption come from like I don't think that anyone has an answer to that
1: yeah it's just kind of like I don't know I feel like particularly in society now there's been like I mean not even now I feel like the the sexual revolution, I think people say, was like in like the 60s and 70s. But there's definitely been a kind mm. of change in the way people express their sexuality and how much they express it. And I think the way they express it definitely makes it seem like everyone's having sex 24-7, which probably isn't the reality, I don't think. people. I've heard statistics saying that millennials like are having less sex than they used to have. Mm. So I don't think people are actually having as much sex as often as they're talking about having sex. But... Yeah, it just kind of adds to this idea that, like, there's a right way to be doing it. And I think it kind of has impacted the way asexual people experience things like therapy and why some are like scared to go there. Because I remember I had a counselor in uni. Because I was like stressed about like my exams and I wanted to get a first in everything. So I like went to talk to her about stress, about that. And she was like, Yeah, but you said you weren't experiencing sexual attraction. So that's obviously what we're here to talk about, really. And I was like, No, actually, it was about my grades. And she was like, Yeah, I think we should discuss this issue here. And I was like, Yeah, that wasn't an issue actually.
0: (laughs) That's not what I like, That's not an issue for me. Yeah. And I think that's but I guess the problem in itself is that it's people's, back to that word assumptions, I suppose, assumptions that it has to be an issue, whereas lots of people, as you're saying, might be experiencing that and be like, okay, well, this is me and how I am and that's fine.
1: Yeah, it's not an affliction. It's not a disorder. Like It's not something that yeah. like, you're suffering from a severe case of asexuality. It's like, no, you're just asexual and you're functioning I mean I'm functioning pretty well in every other aspect of my life and that's not like a Mm. it's not like I'm like oh no like I'm missing something like I don't feel like I'm missing anything yeah
0: and I suppose the difference is I think probably the people who are experiencing distress in that aspect of their lives might be the people who are trying to work it out or understand what's going on for them or battling that kind of version of themselves with the versions that other people seeing as, as you're saying or are impacted by other people's views or questions and I don't view that as being different to any other aspect I suppose of life or sexuality that we might be going through or struggling with or that kind of transitional phase that some people might be finding and actually I think there's both a danger and a safety in labels so for some people it offers community a sense of belonging a sense of kind of being able to name what they're experiencing and for others it might be acknowledging that it's not kind of what they expected and I suppose it's all about how an individual reacts to that based on their own experiences based on their kind of context that every situation is going to be unique.
1: Yeah exactly and I think we just need to like expand the conversation about sexuality more and then asexual people wouldn't feel like they have to try and fit into a specific box. Because I think that's where the issues come from. It isn't coming from asexuality in itself. It's coming from trying to be something that you're not to fit like this preconceived idea of how you're supposed to be living and functioning, which doesn't apply to everybody and has never applied to everybody. It's just a rigid, outdated idea.
0: One of the things that we kind of are seeing with the this is what asexual looks like kind of hashtag campaign is people sharing their kind of stories and their the way they look and you described it to me as kind of bridging the gap. So I suppose bridging the gap of what people think asexuality might be and the reality of what asexuality might be. And I suppose, as you said, it's a bit like kind of putting well what we're seeing is a variety of faces and people and you know being individuals in all different shapes and sizes are not that version that people might think or that is often written about in fiction or seen in the media which is a very specific type of person
1: yeah I think the online uh stereotype would just be like a kind of 13 year old pink haired kid who spends too much time on tumblr and then the the societal version is kind of more of just like a like a just like a blob of a person who is just like it's like a walking paper bag just not interesting or has like no sexual energy whatsoever like no one would be attracted to them like there's just nothing going on there or they're just kind of weird and that's why and then that's like that's why they're asexual kind of like a, uh i feel like the television stereotype is kind of like a sheldon cooper like a Star Trek data kind of energy.
0: (laughs) Mm. And it's just really interesting, I suppose, that you are a model. And so I know that you are kind of, a lot of your work is like the visibility factor is also like, I can do this job and I can be considered sexy, but that doesn't change my sexuality. And how those two worlds have come up to clash in a lot of your work.
1: Yeah, I mean... It wasn't something I thought of as being like a notable overlap when I first started mentioning it until I kind of realized that some people find it hard to compute that I can do both. And I'm not even sure it's entirely just because I'm a model. I think it's just because people don't think asexual people look like me or act like me in like any aspects like are supposed to be like these awkward wallflower Types And if we don't look like a paper bag, then we need to at least be very kind of homely and like, you know, just like the kind of person that just wouldn't attract any kind of attention. Um But definitely don't be black and don't be dressing like me and kind of putting yourself out there and doing things that would attract people's attention and any of that kind of stuff. So I just kind of realized that, like, I'm kind of going against a stereotype about aiming to, I just kind of innately am. Um, but I could kind of use that in a helpful way.
0: And what are some of the things that you find people say to you most or like the feedback that you get most often from people is, is it surprise?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's usually this like the kind of, oh, we, I wouldn't have guessed like you don't look asexual. <laughs> like which just kind of part of the whole, list is what asexual looks like phrase came from uh, people just saying that I don't look asexual for whatever reason. Um... Hmm. I mean, online, you get a lot of really dumb people that are just like, well, if you're asexual, then why are you wearing a T-shirt like that? Or why is your hair done? And why are you wearing lipstick? And all this kind of really dumb stuff. Um, so yeah, I get things like that. Mm,
0: so the idea being that if you're asexual, you should be hidden or shouldn't be like putting yourself out there. Whereas I suppose for you, from what you've told me is, um, that it's a part of your identity, but you also have lots of other parts of your identity.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, I know, it kind of plays into like the, I feel it's just an old like sexist idea that like you should only dress in a particular way to like attract people and you can't just like express yourself however you want to. So they find it hard to compute that I'm not sexually attracted to people, but people might be sexually attracted to me although I might be trying to look nice. But not because I want to get laid. I think people just have a hard time like computing those ideas.
0: So the idea that you might kind of like dress up for yourself or because it makes you feel good or because you like fashion.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, what do you mean you're not doing that to attract me? Then why are you doing it? It doesn't make sense.
0: Interesting. So the idea being that you, that should be the reason that you dress a certain way, it's all about kind of catching other people's attention whereas actually you're because I would say you come across as a really self-confident person and so it's about you kind of like doing it for yourself rather than for kind of the approval of other people
1: yeah if I was going to dress to have the approval of other people and I wouldn't look like a goth half the time because I've been so consistently My entire life, I look a lot better if I wore less black and actually tried wearing a color. And I still didn't do that, so it's not <laughs> like I'm I, I'm dressing to appeal to the masses.
0: <laughs> God, I'm literally like an all black wearer all day every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get that, and there is zero color in my wardrobe. um And in terms of like the kind of a romantic thing, what so kind of a being this different concept from asexuality. And this a lack of interest in being in relationships or a romantic relationship, I suppose what it doesn't mean is that you can't have relationships with other people, you have relationships with friends, you have relationships with family, like it's you can have lots of close relationships. It's just not the desire for intimacy or that couple intimacy,
1: yeah, it's always funny when like when you say to people like you're a romantic and you're a sexual, and they're like "Oh, you must be so lonely," and it's like. God, you don't have friends? <laughs> like, you don't is that the only capacity that you interact with people if you're gonna date and have sex with them? Because that's really sad. Like, and even I remember I was doing an interview one time and I said, I don't experience romantic attraction. And this is why I always ask people to like repeat back to me what I said, because they wrote down that I don't value any human relationships. And I was like, "How do you equate those two things together?" <laughs> like, those are two very different things. <laughs> people put romance as being like the epitome of any like social interaction. It's like your ultimate expression of how much you like somebody. It's like, don't you guys have family members or friends or any kind of? Do you have pets that you don't want to have sex with? Like, don't you have any kind of like non, like non-sexual or romantic relationship that's worth something to you? Like, it doesn't immediately equate loneliness
0: hmm and I do find that really frustrating that people kind of just assume that then that just means you're a lone wolf or don't want any interactions with anyone
1: yeah it's just like it just kind of shows like the hierarchy our society has in terms of like the kind of relationships that it values or the way it teaches people to value relationships if their first thought when you say I don't experience romantic attraction so I'm not dating I don't have boyfriends and they think oh my god so you're just like this complete lonely entity that like never talks to anybody and it's like what about they just completely forget that friends are a thing <laughs> that there are like yeah. more types of relationships than just dating someone and that's not like the number one type of relationship so yeah it's more just like mm. I just feel sorry for the person that says that
0: <laughs> and also people can be asexual but have a romantic and couple relationship so you might have two asexual people for example who are in a relationship together or um it's not you know just because you're asexual doesn't mean you can have a romantic or intimate relationship
1: yeah and I mean I think I know it's it's weird how people kind of like they equate asexuality with well then you must not have any kind of romantic feelings so towards anyone else, because I think people associate sexual attraction romantic attraction as being exactly the same thing mm. I mean then in my case, it's like, yeah, okay, in my case, it does overlap, but it doesn't necessarily overlap for everybody, like the first asexual people I met were a married couple, so I was never under the impression that everybody was like me.
0: they had <laughs> to be mutually exclusive, yeah, yeah, I noticed um, I often kind of do quotes about sex and relationships on instagram and um one of the ones that i noticed a lot of people were discussing was um i said you can have intimacy without sex and sex without intimacy the terms are not synonymous and i noticed that there was a lot more of a reaction to that one because i think our societies or culture's ideas about sex and intimacy is that they do mean the same thing
1: which is weird because from my perspective i'm like I can see a lot of it's kind of like people like associate like romantic relationships of happiness and sex of intimacy. And I'm like, I see many relationships that look dysfunctional as hell and actually not very fun and not very healthy and like (laughs) not the most like amazing example of like human love that can ever exist. Like I've seen like the opposite of that. And I've also seen plenty of like like sex can be like the least intimate thing ever. Especially nowadays, mm. there doesn't have to be any names or faces or anything, and that can still be sex and not be even remotely intimate. So it's like that shouldn't even be an association at this point that they have to be part of the same thing because people are literally just having sex with strangers that they've never, they don't even know their names. So
0: mm, or people have sex online and they don't even have to touch another person or have physical contact with another person. It can, you know, virtual sex is. Absolutely huge, especially as we've just been through lockdown where it was, you know, the only option for lots of people.
1: Yeah, it's weird how people kind of still put that as like a pedestal of your ultimate expression of your love is to have sex with somebody. And the ultimate version of a relationship is to be romantically interested in them. But it's like that's not a foolproof method of anything. Mm.
0: (laughs) And what advice would you give to someone who you think is starting to kind of explore this space or is kind of feeling? perhaps kind of wondering or feeling confused or wanting to understand a bit more about asexuality or is kind of and and what we also know is that for example lots of younger people who might be struggling with their feelings might not be as clear as you are and might be like okay well I'll try and have sexual relationships with people or try and date people or go out with people and um so that I fit in with what all of my friends are doing or what all my peers are doing, but actually it's not doing anything for me or it's not giving me anything that I want or it's making me feel quite uncomfortable or, you know, quite avoidant. Or, you know, a lot of people actually might experience um, almost a feeling of repulsion for this kind of sex, sexual experiences with another person. So what would you say to, I suppose, like a younger not a younger you because you had a very clear kind of idea but younger people who are wondering I suppose
1: I mean I say if you want to have if you want to experiment and you want to go for those experiences I'm not gonna say don't try having sex or don't try dating or don't try any of that if you want to Try it, try it. But if you're trying it because you think you're being pressured into it or because you think other people will like you more and not just because you want to do that as part of your own journey, then don't do it because you're just going to look back at that and probably find it to be a rather negative experience. Um, Just do what you feel like you need to do and there's nothing wrong with being different. And you've only got one life, so don't spend it trying to be somebody else. Oh, I
0: love that. And I suppose the other thing is that, you know, asexual people, and I know you said this question always comes up, but asexual people can have a sexual relationship just with themselves, or they can masturbate, you know, their bodies still work, arousal still happens for a lot of them. And that, you know, the the kind of involvement of another person isn't necessarily, well, isn't necessarily necessary. But also that sometimes kind of orgasm or release can be quite functional or can be about stress relief yeah or can be about escapism or enjoyment or you know there's an experience you know a, a relationship with your body
1: yeah it's kind of like uh to appropriate the rule the RuPaul phrase if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love somebody else apply that physically <laughs> too
0: <laughs> I absolutely love Drag Race it is my favorite <laughs> show ever I have watched every single episode of every single series I know now that it's not um, on
1: anyway why am like going backwards now because I'm like okay finish all of them now let's go back to ones I haven't seen from <laughs> earlier seasons
0: <laughs> oh no it's amazing I actually love some of the uh the earlier ones some of the original ones but there is that sense of like loving yourself and I think that you know because you can't love somebody else doesn't mean you can't love yourself right
1: exactly I think some people are just like I know I think society teaches us especially girls that like you're self-perception needs to be very dependent on whether someone else likes you. Like if someone's Mm -hmm. attracted to you, then you're attractive. Or if someone else loves you, then you're lovable. And you have to kind of wait to achieve that. And then you're like a complete person as opposed to just being a good, whole, complete person without needing some guy to tell you that. So, or sometimes even a girl to tell you that. They just teach you someone else needs to tell you that before it's true. And that's not the case.
0: So it's all kind of feels quite um quite about like external validation rather than kind of internally validating yourself or being kind of having a stronger sense of self for who you are as an individual and other people's views either kind of you know build you up or knock you down a bit but don't completely crumble you whereas if you are constantly taught to base the version of yourself and what other people see then you're 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 basically reliant on other people's views and perspectives.
1: Yeah. And I think that if you just kind of have like a good sense of self and you're just cool with who you are, that other things will fall into place, including like your perceptions of your asexuality and all kinds of other stuff, like other things just will impact you as much.
0: Mm. And how, I guess, how do you get that great sense of self I mean that's a big question in itself isn't it? Maybe that's a whole different yeah. episode, but, <laughs> I mean how would you I think for um you know and the work you do with Avon and stuff like how how what do you think people need to hear in relation to that
1: I don't know because I feel like I mean it's kind of it's dependent on your life experiences it's dependent on your personality type like I was always such a nonconformist. I don't know why I don't know where it came from but I was always kind of had the mentality of like oh, I could change so people would like me, but then they weren't like me for me, so I'd rather just be by myself. And I could literally, as a kid, be pretty much content sitting by myself <laughs> and watching everyone else play and being like, screw them, I don't want to play with them. And I've always had that like mentality. I don't know why, mm-hmm. even if I wasn't feeling comfortable in myself, I was still kind of like, well, I'd still rather do this and do that <laughs> for these people. Mm-hmm. I don't even like them. So I don't know, but I feel like it's just... I know I'm, I, my mentality is always kind of like again we have one guaranteed life and the clock is ticking how are you going to use that you're going to look back and be like yeah that was great spending my youth just crying about stuff looking in the mirror feeling like oh I don't like this or I don't like that or I don't like this like you, you you don't have that much time like just live just do stuff like people you'll find people that like you for you and if they don't then you're hanging out with the wrong people I find you feel a lot more happy with yourself once you kind of cut out people that aren't benefiting you once you kind of get out of situations that aren't benefiting you and just kind of find your own way I think I know it's a complicated question
0: (laughs) (laughs) really complicated I didn't even know the answer that I was asking you I think um it's also do you think there's also a sense of community so do you think that people finding the asexuality community, aromantic community, as you're saying, largely online, I think there must be a, a safety and security in that because community is a is a massive thing in a lot of the rest of our lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's helpful. I think that, I mean, I'm not like the biggest people person so like i don't need to be like having a bunch of people around me talking to me and reaffirming me all the time but i think that there are a lot of people that find that helpful and i think i've always found it strange that like only with the asexual community can you meet people who are like i've never met another asexual person before like is you don't really get that with Mm. other identities where it's like oh i'm gay and i've never seen another gay person before in my life Like it's a very like distinct asexual experience Like you can literally feel like you're the only person in the world and potentially never cross paths of anyone else like yourself, just because it's like slightly statistically unlikely. Um, So it's, I mean, I feel like, for example, like if I didn't have a pride event very close to me, and then didn't have easy access to London and didn't get invited to the right event at the right time, then I probably wouldn't have encountered another asexual person. Like, it's very easy to not do that. Um, And I think it's psychologically strange to never actually see someone else with the same experience as you. So I think the online spaces, even if you're like me and you're not the biggest like community social media person is still a helpful thing.
0: Well just for yeah as you said for not feeling isolated in your experience.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And you said um statistically it might be quite rare to kind of like meet another asexual person. Do we know what the statistics are for like how common we think asexuality is?
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure the statistics are slightly wrong because you can only identify as asexual if you know what it means. (laughs) And thus, there are a lot of people that don't know what it means to then fill in that box. So the estimate Mm. of people who know what asexuality is, is enough to identify as it, I think, is estimated at being about 1%. Which sounds mm-hmm. really small, but I'm pretty sure like that like one to two percent of the population is ginger and we've all met a ginger person. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like it sounds pretty unlikely, but it's like we've all met a ginger person and they've probably met asexual people too. Um, But that ginger person mm. might dye their hair, so you might not be able to tell. And the asexual pe- person might not tell you, so you might not know. So it's still like... You, it's easy to miss
0: yeah and I suppose so much of the sexuality research that we know and you know um, obviously I work a lot with people with kind of sexual pain conditions or sexual dysfunctions we can guess that a lot of those statistics are underreported because there's a lot of shame and embarrassment around sex as a subject in general particularly when sex doesn't kind of fit that um, you know Standard, very heteronormative representation or model of sex, and so we can take a guess that a lot of sexual research it has quite underreported statistics,
1: yeah. So, I always have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, I know there's not like a huge amount of us, but there's more than you would think. Like, I think if everyone was to ask around and people they know, they'd find an asexual person. I think especially cause sometimes i talk to people and they're like oh now you mention it i know somebody who said that they don't really feel sexual attraction or they've never really been in a sexual relationship where they say they don't really feel this or feel that and it's like see well it's like i don't think it's that uncommon just a lot of people they don't know the words or they know the word but they have like this stereotypical idea of it and they don't want to give it a label or they don't want to feel different or There's a whole bunch of reasons, but we're definitely... We're not the teeniest population ever. Yeah,
0: and I suppose some people, you know, might not know for where they are now in their sexual lives, sexual experiences, what they're going through, their kind of perspective, mindset. They might still be kind of exploring, and actually it might be something that they come to once they've been through a process of working it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've met a lot of asexual people who... I mean, I think I'm probably kind of rare in the sense that I worked it out at a young age and didn't bother with Mm. the whole, oh, well, I should probably make myself date or I should probably make myself have sex or I should probably do all that kind of stuff. Um, I've met a lot of people who have at least done it or tried it or like they've kind of had those experiences and realized that it wasn't for them. Um, Mm. So yeah, a lot of people kind of go through that experience.
0: Yeah. And I suppose that's the, I suppose seeking out whether it's validation or confirmation of how they're feeling and I guess I would in my experience of working with asexuality anyway as a professional that is probably I would say the more common thing that I've seen is people kind of trying to to work it out for themselves and that can be you know quite confusing and quite upsetting and not knowing where to turn and kind of also a bit um not really kind of knowing who you are at that point so I think that for people that are experiencing those kind of feelings that going to something like Avon, so the Asexuality Visibility and Education Network, and reading some of the blog posts or reading people's accounts, you know, exploring that as an idea and seeing that if some of that fits with how you're feeling, but also that you don't have to rush to label yourself or put yourself in a group or an identity, you know, your identity is, how you choose to describe yourself and actually you it, it can also be a there can also be a period of not knowing and that's okay
1: yeah I think it's good to remember that like it isn't the be all and end all Fixed. and it's not like I know I feel like sometimes people place like a lot of like a lot of emphasis on finding the right label or um being able to like describe something or feeling like this is like this is like a huge part of who they are like I always like asexuality is like I end up talking about it a lot because it's kind of like my job at this point but it's not like it's it's something I'm not feeling that's why I didn't talk about it for so long it's like how much emphasis do I personally need to place on what I'm not doing (laughs) as opposed to all of the many things that I am doing so it's kind of like it's good to be able to describe it. It's good to be able to have a word or to feel like you're part of a community, but your sexuality is not the most fundamental part of who you are, in my opinion. It's not the be all and end all, and it's not a representative of who you are as a person. So like, don't
0: place too much emphasis on it. Love that. Yeah. I'm literally just like, yep, yep, (laughs) yep. I'm just um, kind of silently agreeing with you and forgetting that you can't see me. Um, but, But... I always end these interviews by asking people what their kind of what a tip or a piece of advice for sexual wellness would be or sexual well-being would be I guess it sounds like yours would be kind of self-acceptance or but I, I would love to know what what your advice or takeaway or kind of thought to end the conversation
1: would be yeah I mean self-acceptance is one self-love is another not giving a damn is an important one (laughs) don't care too much about whatever people have to say like it's your life it's your head it's your body it's your business um sexuality I think is a pretty personal thing it doesn't need everyone else's input all the time I feel like as an asexual person I definitely feel that like it very much does not concern other people (laughs) what my body's up to So yeah just do you and that you can take that literally if you want but just do you
0: (laughs) and there we have it (laughs) the rules according to (laughs) Yasmin and Yasmin so people can find the hashtag which is hashtag this is what asexual looks like and where would you kind of want to recommend that people find a bit more about you?
1: Um, Probably. I, I mean, I have got Twitter, but I prefer Instagram. But either way, they're both at the Yasmin Benoit. So T-H-E-Y-A-S-M-I-N-B-E-N-O-I-T. They both have blue ticks, so you can make sure that they are actually me. And yeah that's probably the easiest way to find me if you have anything important feel free to drop me an email i usually have those in my bios and you should totally check out aven at asexuality.org if you want more information about stuff
0: i hope you enjoyed this episode of the sexual wellness sessions if you'd like to join us for more conversations you can click subscribe on either apple or spotify podcasts and if you have a moment please leave us a review